the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I'll be joined by Ariel Del Turco, the director of the Center for Religious Liberty at the Family Research Council, going to talk about China and all of the persecution and human rights abuses that take place there from a biblical perspective. So stay tuned for the broadcast. Very important information. And you can reach me via email anytime at this address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I am excited to be joined once again by Ariel Del Turco, the director of the Center for Religious Liberty at the Family Research Council. And we're going to discuss a new report that's come out recently here called Religious Freedom in China, the History, Current Challenges, and Proper Response to a Human Rights Crisis. Welcome to the broadcast, Ariel. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on here. I'm looking forward to sharing about this. It's not a pleasant thing to share about by any means, but it's something that does need to be brought up, and awareness needs to increase, even with all that China has done in terms of human rights abuses and persecution of Christians. I feel like the the world, at least the you know, especially the secular world. I think a lot of Christians are have become familiar, thankfully, but uh, the secular world certainly seems to turn a, a blind eye and. Uh, I'm just thinking of, was it the basketball player? I don't remember his name right now, but, you know, there have been some famous people that have tried to turn our attention to what's going on there, and they have been shut down and harassed themselves. And so it's like everybody, at least in the secular world, wants to turn a blind eye to what's going on there sometimes, don't they? Yeah, it is a hard reality to grapple with. I mean, on a daily basis, our interaction with China might just be the label on our clothes that say made in China, maybe Chinese food. We don't often want to think of it as this huge country that has so much influence and power in the world, but that is also doing so many harmful things, first of all, with their own citizens, but also to other countries and other peoples as well. 
Yeah, and I'm just thinking as we think about this subject, and this is the case in a lot of these countries, whether it's China, North Korea, Iran, you've got a a populace there that uh, in many cases appreciates America, and in many cases there are a lot of Christians in that populace, but it's the leadership that is the problem here. And I think China's kind of that way too. It may be a little bit more skewed in that I think maybe there's this competition aspect between China and the United States, but still, it's the, the leadership that's the problem in most of these countries, and that's what we need to recognize. You know, we're not upset with the Chinese people here, but it's the leadership that's doing things that we need to really point out and be uh, aware of. You're absolutely right. Our compassion is with the Chinese people, not our anger, not our frustration. Our frustration is with their authoritarian leaders, which honestly, they have very minimal control over. Uh, They are being very tightly controlled, very tightly manipulated by their own government, even with the media that they're allowed to see, the types of internet content that they're allowed to access. One of the statements that we made in this report might be a little strong, but it's that China has become one of the most totalitarian states in human history. So that deeply affects the psyche and the daily lives of their people uh, in really harmful ways. And I think somewhat subtle ways. I think maybe your average Chinese person doesn't know quite how tightly they're being manipulated. But when everything they see is being controlled by the government, uh, it's really a dangerous situation for freedom. Mm, Yeah. And as you said, they really don't have the opportunity to influence or affect change, at least at the ballot box, because even if there are elections in some of these countries, they aren't real elections. (laughs) They're, They're more like staged, aren't they? Yeah, there's only one party in China, and that's the Chinese Communist Party. So that does not give the Chinese people a lot of options at all. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Well, let's expand this a little broader, too. And this is one of the key points that you mentioned in this paper is that it's not just the Chinese people that we need to be concerned about when we talk about China, but what happens there has a global impact. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So China is very fiercely competing to be the world's foremost superpower. Uh, And really, the only competition to China is the United States. And as the Biden administration continues to act completely weak on the world stage, we're seeing China rise in to fill those gaps. And so we're seeing efforts across Africa in countries that are less developed. China will go in and say, hey, we'll give you all kinds of money. We'll do projects in your country. It's going to help your people. You're going to love it. And maybe that works out for a while, but then these countries realize that, oh, China's expecting us to vote with them at the UN. There are strings to working with China. So as China's influence really goes even more global than it is, it's going to be an increasing challenge for the United States. And it's a real challenge to the type of values that we want to see the world embrace, right? Traditional American values that we would like to see expanded around the world uh, include freedom and particularly religious freedom, right? We don't want to see persecution. We think it's bad for even for national security and for economic growth and things like that. But it's also bad because it's wrong. So this is a great American value that we've been promoting for a long time. But China's influence completely counters that. Right. They don't care if uh, the countries that they're giving money to are bad actors, have dictatorships, persecute their religious minorities. China's happy to encourage those things because it means there's a separation from the United States. So really, Chinese influence around the world 
presents a wide variety of problems, both to Americans, but also to the people in the countries that China is influencing. Mm, yeah, and I don't have a lot of time to get into this. We could do easily a whole show on this alone, but the reality that China is infiltrating uh, everywhere, particularly in the United States. You know, the big news was the balloon, hot air balloon that flew over our, our country uh, earlier this year, but there have been a lot of other ways, more insidious ways, you could say, and so maybe just mention that briefly, all the different ways that China tries to kind of get its propaganda out, even in the United States. Yeah. Well, interestingly, earlier this year, uh, we saw U.S. federal agents crack down on multiple incidents where China had actually established their own police stations in the United States. They tried to hide it and say it was something else, but it was was a Chinese police station. It's very weird, bizarre behavior. And then uh, another incident that happened earlier this year was that China was caught paying Uh, certain activists in the United States to go and do counter protests against Chinese dissidents. So this Chinese dissident group uh, that was complaining about the mistreatment of their people in China, the Falun Gong, and we can talk about them later as we get into the report, they were holding a little protest uh, in the United States and China paid counter protesters to go counter protest them. So these are kind of the weird lengths that China will go to to try to influence the narrative in the United States. Yeah. And just briefly, the Confucius Institutes, is that what they're called on a lot of university campuses? Yeah, absolutely. So China's also uh, targeted our education. Uh, You've got to give them credit because the Chinese government is very smart and they will really use every means possible to influence the way we think about China, which the way they would like us to think about China is that, oh, it's a wonderful country. There are no human rights problems at all, which we know isn't true. That's just not the facts on the ground. Yeah. And like I said, we could easily do a couple programs on that. But I want to focus our attention on what you have in this report, which is particularly dealing with the Chinese people and the impact upon them. And so I wanted to just I'm kind of looking at the introduction to the report. That's all the farther we've gotten here so far. I wanted to have you share the various ways. We probably can't even encompass all of those because there are tons of ways. But some of the various ways that the uh, People's Republic of China spies on all these tools that they use, the the ways that they control their people, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yeah, well, sadly, since communism took over China uh, and we saw the rise of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party leading the country, Christians have always had a problem. So we saw back during the Cultural Revolution, Christians were killed, Christian institutions were destroyed. And so some of that has eased up. But the way that China is going after Christians that live in their country now, it's a little bit more subtle and a little more insidious. And they're really using modern digital surveillance capabilities to monitor every single thing that really all of their citizens do, not just Christians. But when the Chinese government notices that, oh, uh, these Christians are going into a church, even if it's a state-approved church, they are taking note of every single time that people do that. They are monitoring the sermons that are given in church. A pastor at one of these state-approved churches says anything that's out of line or anything that would be perceived to undermine the authority of the Chinese Communist Party. They're going to get a talking to, if not more. They're going to be interrogated by Chinese agents at a minimum. So there are all these pressure points that Chinese Christians are feeling. 
And one of the recent developments is this development of a social credit score system in China. So China tracks everything that all their people do. And then if people are doing things that the Chinese government doesn't want to encourage, they will lower your score for that. So that affects even the ability to get on public transportation, get on buses, get on trains. Uh, It can be really debilitating if the Chinese government uses this to crack down. And so this system, the social credit score system, has really provided even more opportunity for China to be able to use this tool against believers that are Chinese citizens there. Uh, We've seen this used a little bit, but it's a huge opportunity to use it even more and really control all the actions that their people do. Yeah. Well, before we go to the break here, Ariel, I did want to ask one other thing, and that is why, and this is kind of a big question to ask in a moment before the break here, but why the Chinese government does this? And you kind of answer the question in brief here when you say that uh, they feel threatened when their people hold to any higher authority, including God. And I think that's really at the heart of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about power. Even a religious belief threatens the Chinese government's authority in their mind because they should be the only authority, according to them. Mm, Wow, yeah. And we hopefully will have time to talk about that a little bit more, the the reasons why here. But that is certainly the chief one right there, power. And I want to encourage uh, those of you in the listening audience, if you maybe haven't already done this as you've been listening to the show, to go to the FRC.org website. You can find this report that we're talking about at FRC.org slash China, FRC.org slash China. It's as easy as that to look this up and you can uh, follow along, read uh, the report, and there will be things. I'm sure that we won't have time to get to or cover, and you can find it uh, there at frc.org. My guest is Ariel Del Turco, and we're talking about China, human rights abuses, repression, persecution in China from a biblical perspective on the plumb line today. Stick around, we've got a lot more to come. My email address where you can share your thoughts or comments is theplumbline.radio at gmail.com. Theplumbline.radio at gmail.com. Remember, plum is P L U M B. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619 277 2410. And by Charles McLucas Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plum Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast, my guest is Ariel Del Turco, the director of the Center for Religious Liberty at the Family Research Council, and we are talking about persecution, human rights abuses in China from a biblical perspective today. And as we said in the opening portion of the broadcast here, there are a lot of abuses taking place, and many of those are overlooked, hidden, or just a blind eye turned to them by 
by much of the world, sadly. And so we want to bring this to light here. And they're not all dealing with persecution against Christians. We'll get into some other aspects of this as well. But certainly we want to draw attention to what we see regarding uh, what's happening with Christians in China. And you mentioned in the report that Open Doors, an organization that supports persecuted Christians, estimates that there are approximately 97 million Christians in China. That's a whole lot of Christians. Makes up about 7% of the population only, though. (laughs) That tells you how big China is, because that's a lot of people, and yet it's just 7% of the population. And this Chinese Communist Party has a long history of suppressing any expression of Christianity whatsoever. That's kind of what we wrapped up with at the end of the opening segment, is their fear of somebody that looks to a, a higher authority or higher power than the Chinese government. And so that's part of the reason for that. But just to explain a little bit about what life is like for a typical Christian in China anyway. Yeah, so Christians really have two routes in China. Uh, the first is that they could join a state-approved church. But if they do that, they're being forced to kind of accept the Chinese Communist Party's really stamp of approval on what the pastor says. So you're getting a watered-down version of Christianity that's approved by the government. And the second route that Christians could take is to join an underground church. And these churches aren't literally underground, and sometimes the government knows about them, but it's not a state-approved church. So you're probably getting a, a more authentic portrayal of the gospel, but you're at risk of having your church raided, just being harassed by Chinese agents, of being told that your church has to shut down. Sometimes Chinese agents have been known to just steal up a church or a building that's been used as an underground church. Sometimes pastors have been arrested. I know several cases of underground church pastors that are currently imprisoned in China. But for your everyday Christian, they're being faced with just a lot of pressure. I spoke with members of one house church recently that escaped China. They escaped together as as an entire church community, all of their a small group, about 65 of them. And they chose to leave China together because of the pressure that they felt mounting. Their pastor was being interrogated. Their church was being raided. They were being threatened. They had been kicked out of their building. And another factor that really motivated them was their education. Uh, They had started a Christian school, and they were told they absolutely could not have that Christian school, that the school was also being shut down. And that's a big problem for Chinese Christians. They don't want their children going to school and learning that, oh, your parent is a, is a crazy cult member for being a Christian. It's totally wrong and against the government. You want to be an atheist for X, Y, Z reasons. It's really sad for Chinese Christians who have to watch their children be indoctrinated with that type of propaganda. Uh, So they fled together, and they eventually made it to Texas, so that was a great success story. But that's the the level of pressure that Christians, even your everyday Christian, could end up feeling in China. 
Mm-hmm. And all because, as we mentioned, they believe in a higher power, higher authority than the Chinese government. In fact, really the reason that they face this is because of their faith in, in God and in his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to point out this reality to the one who maybe is tuning in here and doesn't uh, understand why persecution takes place. Well, there are a lot of governments around the world and some countries where it's not the governments, but it's just other people that persecute those who follow Jesus Christ. And yet uh, the scriptures tell us that's what will happen if we seek to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. We can expect to be persecuted. So if you're someone who doesn't really understand all of this because you don't know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him, I want to encourage you to email me. I'm going to give that address again, and I will connect with you on what is the most important decision of your entire life, what to do about Jesus Christ and his love and grace that he is offering you, the love that sent him to the cross to take your sin upon himself. And so I'd be glad to share that gospel message in a lot more detail with you if you email me at this address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. And again, Plum is P-L-U-M-B, the Plumline Radio at gmail.com. Well, I want to discuss the reality here that it's not just Christians, but uh, really a lot of different uh, faith groups, no matter what denomination or what faith you practice, if it's not the official atheism, I guess you could say, of the Communist Party, you are in trouble with the leadership of uh, China. And we see this coming out particularly and what's called, is it re-education camps? Is that kind of what they're called, where they send uh, people to frequently? Yeah, absolutely. And the number one target for these camps has been in the northwest region of China uh, called Xinjiang. The Chinese government has targeted Uyghur Muslims. So it's this minority Muslim ethnic group. It's moderate, lives in this kind of remote rural region in China has just absolutely brutalized these people. They have centralized and collected millions of them in these re-education camps to be indoctrinated with Chinese communist propaganda. Uh, And they have also been used as a source for labor. So they will, quote unquote, graduate from these re-education camps, but then the Chinese government will take them to these factories where they have to work with little or no pay. And so the U.S. government, to its credit, has really done a good job trying to crack down on the importation to the United States of some of these goods that are made in this region in Xinjiang, where we know there is a very high chance that these goods are being made with forced labor. And it's a very strange problem that we have to deal with, and it's very unfortunate that we have to deal with this in our supply chains. But as a country that the United States still interacts with China, still trades with China. This is one of the risks of trading with a country that perpetrates this kind of evil. Mm, Yeah, and it's disturbing to bring up and talk about, but this goes beyond, you know, the forced labor. And let's mention, I encourage people to read this report because there's a lot of sexual abuse, torture, even people's body parts taken for donation to others before the person's dead, right? Yeah, yeah, some of this stuff is so unmentionable. It's become a little bit more well-known in recent years, uh, especially at the end of the Trump administration. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo did a really good job elevating some of these stories, uh, sharing the, the stories of women who 
uh, were forced to have abortions. Uyghur Muslim women who uh, culturally, they just do not believe in abortion. Uh, they were forced to have them by the government or uh, they would be given mystery uh, medication in these re-education camps that left them completely sterile. Uh, so a lot of people have, I, I think rightly, according to international law, called what the Chinese government has done against Uyghur Muslims a genocide because they have worked so hard to prevent Uyghur births in that region. Uh, so this is very dark stuff. Uh, and this is the type of government that we're dealing with when we're talking about the Chinese government. Mm, well, well, certainly our prayers are, are needed, too. And we think about the Christians, but uh, the, the good thing is if they are you know, genuine Christians, regardless of what happens to them in this life, they go on to an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are a lot of other religious groups that don't know Jesus and are being persecuted and uh, killed. And so we really need to be praying that those uh, people would have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ uh, as well and, and come to know him. But uh, I want to sum up, we've only got a moment left here, sadly, this is just flowing by, but I want to have you sum up by giving uh, us an idea of, in addition to the most important thing, praying, what else can we do? Yeah, so we should be encouraging our government leaders to keep pressing on this issue, to keep uh, pushing China to respect the human rights of their own people, and doing something as simple as uh, tweeting a story that you see of maybe a Christian who is testifying about the persecution they've received in China. Uh, Sharing that on social media matters because our politicians, uh, they respond to us, right? They work for us in a very real sense. So when they see that uh, something is catching fire, that their constituents care about a certain issue, they're going to be more likely to care too. So in addition to praying, which we absolutely should be doing, and I know uh, that persecuted believers around the world truly covet our prayers, uh, we should also be doing some of these practical actions uh, as simple as calling up your representative to tell them that you care about this issue, uh, and that will hopefully uh, move the ball forward. Yeah, well, thank you for that. There's some other ideas, suggestions there in this report that I encourage people to check out. I'll give the address for that in just a second, but let me first say thank you, Ariel. It's been great to have you on again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Ariel Del Turco, again, she is the director of the Center for Religious Liberty at the Family Research Council which is where you can find this report that we've been looking into a bit. There's a lot more here that I encourage you to check out at frc.org slash China, frc.org slash China. You can find this uh, report that we've been discussing on the Plum Line, and you can reach out to me to share your thoughts or comments at this email, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on the Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.